Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Casey, tell me about your Christmas news look this week. Well, I've got this fabulous hat um, that is a little chicken roasted. Oh no, roasted it's turkey. A turkey, bun. not a I chicken. Know. I know. It's a chicken for me this week because I'm roasting a chicken for Thanksgiving. Don't tell. Um, and it's got little mittens on its feet, which doesn't make sense, but you know, five bucks at Target. You can't go wrong. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what that makes me think of every time? Whenever anyone talks about roasting a chicken, now is Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's engagement. Yeah. Remember, she said in their interview, she was like, we were just roasting a chicken. Are you thinking about that all the time? It lives rent-free in my head. We were just oh. roasting a chicken. It always makes me think of Julia Child, but that's because I stole her cookbook from you. And yeah. roast chickens using it. So it also reminds me of my old roommate, Michelle. I don't know if she listens to this podcast, but when we lived together, we were like 23 and we were the in the depths of like being a drunk idiot, 20 something. And Michelle was roasting a chicken every other day. It was, it, oh. it was absurd. She was like, talk about millennial homemaker. She was one <laughs> of them. We are interviewing Jacqueline Humble of the Millennial Homemaker podcast later in this episode. And Jeff, our other guest on this episode, also knows Michelle because we were all little Asbury Park people. But yeah, so roast chicken makes me think of Michelle and Megan, the two M's. Okay. Well, I'm glad I could bring you a little royalty today with this hat. A crown of sorts. It is a crown. What are you wearing? Your outfit's so cute. So I got this, this absurd absurdly puffed shoulder pad number from ASOS. It's really, I just love it. But the shoulders are almost too puffed. They're like, they're like good. Bigger than me. (laughs) No, I'm not definitely leaning into the crown. You know, Diana Mm -hmm. always had the big shoulders and the polka dots. I mean, you're definitely giving me Diana 1980s vibes, but in a new millennial way. It is a definite 80s vibe. It's a majorly 80s vibe. It's a Lady Gaga when she first came out vibe. And I've got this little, these little antlers that are super girly and tiny and cute. And I just like love them. So cute. Where did you get those? (sighs) Amazon. Oh, I know. We have to try and not mention Amazon every episode. I know (laughs) because it's a constant thing where I'm like, I don't want to order stuff off of Amazon, but it just, it just happens. It's so annoying. Like you have to, oh, this sounds so stupid. I was going to say, you have to look for like 10 more minutes online if you want to not buy from Amazon, which is not even hard, not even remotely hard. What a monster I am. So what are you drinking today? Okay. I'm drinking. I'm really excited about this drink. 
Um, it's called a coquito. It's Puerto Rican coconut eggnog. <gasps> yeah. It's oh, banging. Oh my God. I'm so jealous. So what's yeah. in it? So it's got, it's got like condensed milk. Okay. It's got coconut, cream of coconut, like the meaty part of the coconut that comes in a can. And it's got coconut milk and it's got white rum. And Nick made it. He's my mixologist. It needs a little more rum, I think. But mm. It's really, really good. It's really good. I like it better than regular eggnog for sure. It's got just a little coconut tinge to it. And I saw some people online, they were lining the rim of their cup with coconut flakes. Delicious. What's your Christmas drink this week? Well, this week I'm drinking eggnog. Um, I was going to make a cider, but then I needed some protein. So then I made nog and then I added whiskey to it. And so here we are. Okay, you needed protein, so you drank eggnog with whiskey in it. Okay, okay, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I said what I said. I said what I said. So I'm, I'm, but then I had to switch because we were running out of the regular eggnog. I switched to the almond milk eggnog from Trader Joe's, which actually mixes with whiskey pretty nicely and it's way less calories, but also less protein. So I'm glad I started strong. What Christmas character do you identify with this week? Okay, this is more of a Christmas villain. I apologize. I identify this week with Margot from um, Christmas no. Vacation. And why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't, I don't know, know Margot. Margo. <laughs> why? <laughs> because I signed um, Dan and myself up for a full belly 5K. It's a virtual 5K in this park that we really like over here. And it um, the money goes to conservation of the park and a charity here. And so I feel like we're just being those people who are running during the holidays. So I have to own up and say that we're Margo and Todd this week. And that's okay. And you know, this they run were is chic on- in their own way. And this run is on Friday? You can do it anytime between Wednesday and Sunday next week. So, you know, we don't have anything going on. We just have Thanksgiving. And then we're going to just decide when to go do this run. And you just log it yourself and submit your time to the race. So why don't you just not do it? Because we don't have any plans next week and we need something to do. Okay. And we like running. Thank you. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I didn't know you liked running. Well, I knew it would be annoying to people, so that's why I'm owning up and saying that we're Margot and Todd. Okay, okay. so you can't you can't shame me. I'm shaming myself. My character this week is the mom from Home Alone. Oh. Yeah, because I'm really stressed out. Moira Rose. That was also Moira Rose. I know. It's Catherine O'Hara. We talked She's about back. her in another episode, too, because of Nightmare Before Christmas. She has low-key been the most festive actress in Hollywood for 30 years and counting. Not in an over-the-top obvious way, but low-key, she's a Christmas heroine. So why do you feel like the mom this time? You don't have any children that you left behind. I know. I don't have any children that I left behind, but I'm so stressed out about Thanksgiving, even though it's literally just me and Nick, and I'm making a (laughs) fraction of the food I made the last two years, because the last two years I had like a dozen Irish people come over to my house and, you know, pick at some sides while getting blackout drunk. But this year it's just me and Nick, but I just, I was freaking out today when I was trying to find all the stuff that I want to eat and all of the food to buy and everything. I don't have a roasting pan. We go over this in the interview with Jacqueline, but I just, 
Like so many times this morning when I was trying to figure out what I was going to cook, I just wanted to be like, Kevin! You know what I mean? <laughs> Kevin! So I, I feel like Catherine O'Hara in Home Alone. I'm just stressed out and my bangs look a little too 80s. It's just like a whole thing. So you and- added the shoulder pads just to bring the, bring the bangs back into the 21st century. <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah. So I'm just really stressed. And I just have a lot of other stuff that I need to do too. And because I was like, you know, I had to do something work-wise three days last week that took me away from all of the other stuff I would normally be doing. So I was just like, I've been having a meltdown. So that's where I, I feel like, I feel like the mom from Home Alone. Okay. That's fine. I hope next week we find you in, um, a better, a different, better character. Yeah. Hopefully. I hope so. Now I got my coquito, so I'm feeling good. Good. Chug that coquito and get back to uh, square one. We are so pleased this week that we got to speak with Jacqueline Humble of the Millennial Homemakers podcast. Yes, and she came just in time because a lot of us are doing Thanksgiving for ourselves this year, and we might need a little help with that. So Jacqueline's got all the tips, and she's ready to spill. So we are here with Jacqueline Humble of the Millennial Homemaker podcast. Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. This is like the first time I'm allowing myself to be in the Christmas spirit. So so are you like, you're like a wait till after Thanksgiving kind of person? I am. I love Thanksgiving because I like cooking. And so definitely more of a let's wait until after the season. But this year, like I've heard that there's a shortage with Christmas trees. And so I'm like, I think we're going to buy our tree as soon as they put them out, you know, stuff like that. So so what does your typical Thanksgiving celebration look like? And how is it going to be different this year? So my typical Thanksgiving celebration, my husband and I, we alternate between families. And so this year, it's um, the family here. So I live in Tennessee. And is one of y'all in Nashville? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Nashville. Okay. Okay. That's what I thought. So I'm in Chattanooga. I'm on a mountain on Signal Mountain right outside of Chattanooga. And so with the whole quarantine stuff, it's been nice because we're kind of removed from everything. Like we have our own grocery store and pretty much you don't have to go off the mountain to buy much. You can get it delivered. And so that's been nice. And we have a lot of family up here. So we're going to see some of the family up here this year. Um, growing up, my dad was a dental professor. And so he would always have his international students come and eat with us. And obviously this year we are not going to be doing anything like that. And they won't be doing that, um, at, at home. And I was thinking about it and this year it's more kind of like, you know, 2020 Thanksgiving's more of a mean girls can't sit with us or Drake, no new friends kind of a vibe. Like you definitely aren't inviting neighbors or, you know, like the little old lady at the church who maybe doesn't have anyone to eat with, you know, you're really trying to limit, um, who's coming to your meal this year, which is, totally goes against everything that the holidays stand for. So it's very sad, but yeah, it is such a bummer. Do you have anything new that you're doing this year that maybe you haven't done before? So one thing that we are going to do is usually when we're with my, uh, husband's family, we do a, uh, big, big meal with everybody who's on the mountain. So he has two aunts and then he's a triplet, but he's 
the boy, and then there's two girls. Um, and so usually it's all of us, but this year we're just doing his father and then his sisters. And then we're going to do like a socially distanced happy hour at um, his aunt's house. So we'll just walk over with our own beverages and wave from afar kind of a thing. So that's different. Um, and then I am helping my father-in-law cook because he's in charge of that this year. And then I will, I bought a little turkey for us that all make. So we'll have our own stuff because I love leftovers. And I think that's key. Do you do anything special with the leftovers, like make a sandwich out of them or anything like that? Um, I really like a turkey sandwich with butter and cranberry sauce. I know that in, I know that in England and Molly, are you in are you in I'm London? in London. Yeah, okay. I, I know that um, on our podcast, we have like a lot of British listeners. I don't really know how that happened, mm. um, but it's really funny. So anyway, they've educated us on like Christmas sandwiches and things like that. And they'll put the stuffing and everything. And I usually just do the butter and the cranberry and the turkey. That's like my favorite combination. And you don't you want it cold. So I want like cold slabs of butter. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. That yes. sounds so good. And yeah. then I'll keep, and I'll make like, as long as I have the casseroles, I will make a full Thanksgiving dinner for lunch or dinner for the next few days. So I'm all about just eating the same thing over and over again. Cause it, it's one of my favorite meals. Yeah. They're the all going. about a festive sandwich over here. It's the yeah. funniest thing. And I think they do actually do festive food a little bit better than we do. I'm a big fan of the British festive foods more so than American ones. But yeah, from like mid-October onward, they have all these like turkey and brie and cranberry sandwiches in every convenience store. And they're mm-hmm. so good. It's like insane. What is your planning process for Thanksgiving? Like what, how many days in advance do you start planning with the cooking? So I definitely try to buy things at least a week in advance. Some of the vegetables or herbs I might get closer to, but definitely buy everything as soon as you start seeing Thanksgiving stuff be on the shelves. Um, I know this year I bought, you know, I make the typical little pumpkin pie with like the evaporated milk and the sweetened condensed milk. Um, And all the uh, evaporated milk cans were dented. And so I really had to like sort through stuff. So really you want to buy things early or else you get the scraps at the end. Um, I also make my table pretty early if I'm going to be hosting an event because that's like my least favorite thing is making the table. And so while I'm kind of getting excited about having people over, I'll think about like the napkins and I'm going to do the linens I'm going to do and I'll go ahead and make it and just use, I mean, it's just my husband and I at my house. So I can use our regular silverware. I have enough. Um, or I'll use like my, you know, cute gold, like nicer silverware that can't put in the dishwasher kind of a thing. Um, and then if I'm having, if I'm hosting like a lot of people, which this year, obviously I'm not, I'll put out all the platters around and kind of plan things based on how much space I have too, and then how I'm going to arrange it. And then just kind of keep that in mind. And I always try to make uh, like the casseroles and stuff like that, at least the day before, if not two days before. Um, certain casseroles, like the green bean casserole, I think tastes better the day of because I still want the onions to be crunchy. And then, of course, the bird has to be the day of. Um, but definitely buy as much stuff 
that's going to be like pantry items. And then if you have a frozen turkey, buy that as soon as you see them out, because then you'll get the right size that you want. Um, and even like I said, the cans can get dented, which is a super bummer because you don't want to, you don't want that. <laughs> no, definitely not. So for your table settings, do you do the same thing every year? Do you come up with a new theme? Can you walk us through the process of how you come up with that? Because for me, that's really new to me. And I would love to have one of these gorgeous tables set up for Thanksgiving. Um, so I have in the past done different things and I've been someone who, um, I think that my issue with that is that I would like buy all new stuff. And then again, I would have to store it every single year. And then like, you know, I'd get all these different salad plates, stuff like that. And then I know people have like whole Christmas dishes and all that kind of stuff. So I think you can go kind of as maximal, like maxim, mass, maximistic, what is it? Maximalist, maximalist, yeah. that's it. Yeah. maximalist <laughs> as you want, or as minimalist as you want um, with it. So really the thing that I like to switch out for a table setting is of course buying like fresh flowers or going out in the yard. Like these are hydrangeas that are dried that I snipped at the beginning of the fall season. And then, you know, I still got the pretty color that dried. So getting stuff from the yard, planting things in your yard with the intention of being able to, you know, use it. Um, or just looking around, like if you live in the city and you know, um, a lot or something like that, you can go there, you can go to whole, whole, wholesale florists and get stuff um, for your centerpiece for that. You can buy little pumpkins at the grocery store even. Um, but I try to get stuff that I can throw away and don't have to store. So natural items. And then the place that I really have fun with are my cocktail napkins and then like the linen. So if I'm going to use real napkins, um, I'll have different colors and then kind of come up with like a color scheme based on the natural items that I've brought in and maybe a salad plate for like Christmas. Um, but I try not to have salad plates for every occasion because even that can get like crazy, but you can just put it on top of your regular china or just pl plates that you have and it kind of makes it festive. Cool. That is such a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. But the less you have to store, I think the better because I just have bought stuff and then it's like, why do I don't need, I have these Easter bunny salad plates that I've never used. Mm. Like, and I've had people over for Easter before. So really the less you have to keep like forever, just buy things like candles, things that you're going to consume and not have to store. That's so smart too, because it's also more sustainable. Like I always mm -hmm. have it in my mind every time I buy any sort of Christmas decoration, I'm like, am I actually going to use this every year for the rest of my life? Or is it going to end up in a landfill? And it's just like this constant struggle that I have. So yeah, having plants and candles, that's such a great way to solve that. And I think that there is, you know, I mean, some stuff isn't meant to last like forever. And so it is okay to to buy some things, you know, just like you were saying, I mean, if it brings you joy, I'm all about getting it. But I feel like the more, you know, the longer that you have your household and the more that you're intentionally trying to build like your different seasonal decor, you're going to find that you just don't want to babysit it for nine months out of the year, you know? Yeah, totally. exactly. 
Do you have any tips for turkey? Because that's something that I think a lot of people this year are going to be doing for the first time ever because so many people are going to be keeping distant from their families. So what, what would you say is the main thing to know about when you're making a turkey? So pay attention to the little meat thermometer. Um, which usually if you're buying a whole bird, it's going to be in the thigh, I think. Um, and that's the um, dark meat. And so I guess that, that might take longer to cook. I'm not really sure where they put it there. Maybe it's like the thickest part, but they put it in the thigh. And so keep an eye on that. Um, pay attention to the, I don't know if it's like 15 minutes per pound, or I, I don't remember what the um, conversion rate is. I usually have to look it up every single year. Use a recipe um, if you're doing it for the first time for sure. I like New York Times, their cooking section, and sometimes they'll go behind a paywall. So if you find a recipe that you're planning on using, you might look it up before you go to the grocery store, and then by the time you actually make it, you can't get it because you're going to have to like sign up and pay. So screenshot everything. I know that's like, you know, not great, but seriously, if you're planning on using that recipe, go ahead and screenshot it. You don't know if it's going to be changed or what by the time that you actually make it. Um, go buy a recipe. I never do the wet brine. I don't know if y'all have done turkeys before. People like soak them. I like the dry rub and that's like a, another kind of dry brine. Um, but people swear by the wet brine. One thing I do do is rub butter underneath the skin. I think that kind of helps make this, the skin crispy, but then also the meat like tenderizes the meat a little bit. And you can truly never use enough salt. Um, have y'all seen the Netflix show? It's salt, acid, fat, heat. I think that's the right order. Okay. I am obsessed with that show. And she like says, stay away from table salt. Just use the kosher or sea salt and over salt your meat because you think that you're using too much, but you truly aren't. It'll fall off. You know, you have like this much of meat that you need to flavor or you need to season. So just add like tons and tons of salt and then just pay attention to when that thermometer pops or if you buy a meat thermometer, I think it's like 165. Look that up. Do not <laughs> go by what I say <laughs> as like, you know, word or whatever. Um, but go through that and then also let it rest before you carve it because it really lets all the juice kind of soak through. And um, I mean, the bird is definitely important. So take your time, go buy a recipe, start with a smaller bird, or even just do a turkey breast and you can find a recipe for that too. Oh, that's a really good point for a lot of people, because I know my husband and I are just having Thanksgiving by ourselves this year and we ended up buying a chicken, which is like, I know, so <laughs> against Thanksgiving rules. I know. Yeah, we did because the turkeys in the grocery store are gigantic and we're just, we will have like way too many leftovers. So actually we could have just bought turkey breasts and, and left it at that. that. That's a really good tip for anyone who's doing Thanksgiving alone or with one or two other people. That's I know that I've done uh, Friendsgivings before and I've done little Cornish hens. And so everybody has their own bird. So that's a really, so turkey, I mean, just eat, you know, it's going to taste kind of the same when you put it with the side dishes and gravy. It's not that sacrilegious. Don't worry. Okay. About thank it. you. <laughs> yeah. It, it's all about the sides for me, mm -hmm. which speaking of sides, what casseroles are on your menu? I'm very intrigued by all the casseroles that you mentioned. So I 
was raised in Augusta, Georgia, which is like the heart of the South. And now I live in Tennessee and my husband's family's all from New Orleans. But I, my dad was from Baltimore, Maryland. And my mom was from Miami, Florida. So I feel like I have like a lot of hodgepodge of stuff. Um, I like green bean casserole for sure. I like a sweet potato casserole with a little marshmallows on top. I think that's really fun. And then that's pretty much all that I make. A lot of people will do the corn casserole. Some people do mac and cheese, which I don't really think is Thanksgiving food, but to each their own. Um, I know I've had like a squash casserole before that was pretty good, but I pretty much just stick with like the basics. We also do mashed potatoes, which I know some people don't do, but mashed potatoes are like a must have. And then this, the stuffing, I like stuffing over dressing. So I actually put it in the bird, but don't put it in the bird until that morning because then it'll develop bacteria and all those things. So that is a great tip. Our family also doesn't do mac and cheese. And when I found out people had mac and cheese at Thanksgiving, I was like, what? That makes no sense to me. But yeah, so many people do it. We never did. No. Yeah, I, I don't like mac and cheese at Thanksgiving. Like, And I also don't like it when people do ham at Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. And they'll do like, Christmas. yeah, that's Christmas. Like, they'll do ham and turkey. And so what? my growing up, we would always do Christmas in Miami and my grandfather was Cuban from Cuba. And so we would do like half of a roast pig. And so now my mom just does ham because like in Georgia, you can't get half of a roast pig. But to me, like pig is Christmas and Turkey is Thanksgiving. So, you know, but I think you just want whatever you grew up with for sure. Yeah, definitely. And you said your husband's from New Orleans. Do you um, bring any of those recipes into the Thanksgiving meal? Um, not for the Thanksgiving meal. I mean, I do use Tony Shasheries. It's a Creole seasoning. So I'll probably put that in my um, green bean casserole because I like to spice up the green bean casserole with different stuff. But besides that, I'll probably do that like for breakfast that morning. We'll probably have like maybe some grits with some Tony Shasheries in it and stuff like that. But um, I mean, we don't do like an oyster stuffing. I know some people will do like or dressing I guess they'll put oysters in it and that's weird to me but oysters wow is that a New Orleans that's a New Orleans thing yeah I think it's like a it's a southern like kind of and Cajun I don't know I've I've had it before at people's homes and they weren't from New Orleans but it wasn't wasn't my jam I like stuffing very purist I just want like onion and celery and breadcrumbs (laughs) you know what's so weird in the UK stuffing is like sausage meat which like I, a, huh yeah i had no idea like it's not bread based at all it's like sage onion and sausage filling so i am wow. cheating also casey i judged you when you said you're getting chicken but i want to make sure that i make it clear that i'm also cheating this year because i got a turkey crown which is just the breast and it really was like an inner struggle because i was like am i really going to do this am i really not going to make a whole bird like that's so lame but I just did because the one I got, it comes with sage and onion stuffing already in it. So mm. it's sausage inside the mm. turkey breast. And then there's a bacon lattice on top. So it's like bacon and sausage turkey and it's three kilograms and it's just me and my boyfriend. So that definitely like- reaffirms your theory that the Brits are doing these festive foods right. Like that's right? 
that's insane to stuff sausage in the turkey and it's not even like a crazy thing it's just standard it's just like oh yeah why wouldn't we stuff sausage into the turkey and top it with bacon are you crazy like of course we're doing that so I'm excited that's so funny I saw this morning that the I I like following the different royal accounts that Mm -hmm. the royal family put their like Christmas pudding that they make. I guess they make it like at the beginning of Advent maybe, and then they keep it and then eat it on Christmas. That was kind of the vibe that I got from the recipe. It was a really cool. And they, I'm like so proud of them whenever they do good social media stuff. And you could tell they were like making it like a tasty video, you know, like over top and pouring the different ingredients. And I'm just like, Oh, I wish like Lizzie was behind this. Like, you know, (laughs) Yeah, totally. Casey makes a really good um, British recipe for Christmas each year, trifle, and it's amazing. And it takes, how long does it take you, Case? It's like so many layers. Yeah, it takes, you have to start at the day before. The bottom is a pound cake um, drenched in, we usually do Contreau, but like any like orange kind of sherry. And then it's fruit, jello, custard, fruit, jello, custard, and so to keep like each jello layer set takes a couple hours and each custard layer too, we're hand making that and then topped with whipped cream and chocolate flakes. So we do that on Christmas. That's a, we'll probably revisit that recipe later, but it ta- I have to start it usually on the 23rd for, for, or no, maybe the 22nd for Christmas Eve. Wow. That seems intensive, but it's one of those things that you just make once a year. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So what would you say is the best way to upgrade a typical Thanksgiving dish? Just give it that little oomph that wouldn't normally be seen. So I'm all about semi-homemade stuff. So like, um, you know, definitely I do the jellied cranberry sauce from the can. I've done homemade cranberry sauce before. Honestly, I just want it to taste like the jellied. So really, um, the garnishes for me are where it's at. Like I will buy fresh herbs and snip them over things. I will toss my stovetop dressing with fresh cut vegetables. And then I'll even buy like whole cranberries to kind of garnish in different places. So definitely just adding in different garnishing and making it look fresh. If you do buy it store-bought, we say on the Millennial Homemakers, like you can still make it from scratch, even if you scratch the label off the box. And so just put it in your like, you know, your cute container and then put some herbs on it. Just mix it up good. So it doesn't, you know, it's not really compact and no one will know uh, that you didn't make it from scratch. So that's great. Which herbs um, would you suggest for someone just starting out with trying to dress everything up? Definitely rosemary. And rosemary looks really pretty in a glass too, um, sticking out. So making like, if you do garnishes for a cocktail, um, that can be really fun. And then along your turkey and cut up over your uh, different um, stuffing and mashed potatoes, you could do green onion for that would probably be good. Um, But rosemary for this season, you can't really go wrong. What is your biggest piece of advice for people who are cooking on their own for the first time this year? Don't try to make everything from scratch. Um, Especially like I would do a store-bought 
pie crust, you know, oh. in the frozen section, like now's not the time to try to do too much. I would say pick, you know, two or three things that you might want to like, and have the bird be one of those because it is, if you're buying it raw, unless you, um, I know up here, it's pretty common to get it deep fried from a charity. Um, so unless you're doing, wait, 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 like, wait, wait, can you explain that? <laughs> Uh, have you never had a deep fried turkey? No. Okay. So it must be like, it's like such a Southern thing. I've and seen people it get, down here. You've like seen I've it? Get, I'm getting emails of like, do you want to get a deep fried turkey? I'm like, oh, you know what else I saw? Sorry to cut you off. You're At fine. Hattie B's, the hot chicken place in Nashville, they have deep fried hot turkey. You and you're order. doing a baked chicken instead of that? Are you crazy? It's not going to be gluten free. Oh, okay. That's okay. I, I love, I like Hattie Beats, but I love Prince's. If Prince's hot chicken is like the OG, my absolute favorite. But anyway, so here it's a really big thing. They'll get like outside little deep fryers um, and different charities or churches, whatever. They'll say, you know, for 50 bucks, you can get a deep fried turkey and then you just pick it up that morning or like the day before and then warm it up that day. And um, there's a lot of injuries. My sister is a resident up in Baltimore. And so when she was in med school and stuff, she's like, so many people come in with burns at the ER and, you know, from trying to deep fry the turkey. So don't try to do that. I would suggest, especially not during this time when you probably don't want to be at the hospital unless you have to be, um, don't try to do that. But so have the turkey be one of your things and then have like two other things that maybe are like, you know, take more than five ingredients and then try to make everything else just buy. If you don't want to mash the potatoes by yourself, buy instant, buy stovetop dressing, like let's keep it simple because then you really need the bird to turn out well, especially if you're not used to cooking a lot. If that doesn't turn out well, then your Thanksgiving isn't ruined, but you know, that's kind of the star of the show. And it, I feel like that'll make the biggest difference is if you have a really, really dry bird. Yeah. Um, what does deep fried Turkey taste like? I'm not over this yet. <laughs> You're into <Sorry>. it. <laughs> Um, so it just, the turkey, the breast, like the meat tastes the same to me. It might have a little bit more of a smoky flavor. I don't know if they put liquid smoke on it or what. Um, and then the skin is very, very crispy. They don't bread it though. At least the ones I've had haven't been breaded. It's just that this turkey skin is thick and a nice, like almost chocolate brown color. Wow. That's probably delicious. It's good. Yeah, that's insane. I'm ready to buy a deep fryer and like do it over here in the UK. <laughs> so whenever I, so the last couple years I have hosted Thanksgiving in the UK, in London for a bunch of friends. And I usually just bought a bunch of sides from Whole Foods and heated them up. So mm -hmm. pro tip to anyone who is looking for the easiest possible way to do it. Whole Foods literally sells these little things that serve four to six people and they have every single side you could possibly imagine. But my big issue, I always did the bird from scratch and I tried everything I could, but it always came out kind of dry. So do you have any advice for how to keep that from happening? Um, I would say if you do want to try the liquid brine, I've heard that people have good, uh, luck with that because it does make it like soggier to start with. Um, and then besides that, just keep an eye on the meat thermometer, put butter on it, 
say a prayer. I, I don't know. It's hard for me to tell other people too, because I feel like if you've been cooking a long time, then you kind of know just the feeling of me, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you can kind of tell. So not to say that if you don't cook that you can't get it right, but uh, just over wet it. My mom will go in and she'll brush it with the dripping. So kind of go back and you can baby it a little bit at the end and then let it rest. Did you let yours rest? I can't remember, but I think that I might not have. And I think that might've been a big factor. Let it rest and then keep the lid on it. So it keeps Mm -hmm. all the moisture in. Okay. I also used these crappy disposable foil roasting pans, which Yeah. And I'm never doing that again. And today I ordered a new roasting pan from Le Creuset because I was like, I'm done with this and sick of it. I'm getting- No, that, that might be a key thing. That was something that my mom was like, you have to put this on your wedding registry because she says it makes all the difference. So I've never not made it in that kind of pan. So that could be, let me know, keep me updated. I will. And I'm going to tell myself and tell my boyfriend who's mad at me for buying that, that that is going to be... <laughs> The deciding factor in the turkeys. It's a forever item. That's okay. That will end up in a landfill. Yeah, exactly. That's an investment piece for sure. Yeah. So let's get into some of the questions that our listeners sent in. So the first one is how do I keep my pies from drying out when I make them ahead of time? Hmm. I've never had that issue. The only the issue I've had is I feel like the crust gets soggy. So I would say um, make sure you're putting enough liquid in the pie. I know that my pumpkin pie looks pretty liquidy when I pour it in. Um, so maybe the consistency isn't right from the get-go. Um, I haven't had that issue, but I really, I'm, I'm not a, a baker. I, I prefer cooking. So really like I stop at pumpkin pie and I'll buy like a store-bought apple pie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. That's what I did last year. I destroyed my pumpkin pie because I was trying to use a British recipe on the, the side of the tin and it was all like metric system and it was um, by weight and I yeah. wasn't used to that yet. So I ended up putting like this is so stupid. I can't believe I did this. I put, and I am a baker. Like I've been baking since I was in high school. So it's wild that I did this, but I put like one and a half cups of flour in the pie mixture (laughs) in the oven and the entire top half of it black and just charred. It was like a giant cookie. It was so sad. And I had like 10 or 12 people coming over. So I had to order some pumpkin pies last minute from this bakery. They were like 30 pounds each, which is absurd. But I was just like, I'm not, not having pumpkin pie. And then everyone at my house was Irish and none of them made it. Cause they all thought it was weird. So I was like, <laughs> you need a scale mall. I got those- a scale. I have a, scale. Okay. I have a food scale. Yeah. For those British recipes. I think you have to have a scale. Yeah. It's really weird. They do it by weight and not by mass. It's so, I, I like food scales. It's they're helpful. Yeah. Now that I have it, I'll never go back. Mm-hmm. Well, and like my eyeball, I don't know, maybe I'm too obsessive, like type A or something. But if I eyeball it, like now I'm like, but really, is that this many grams? Like if it says grams versus like a tablespoon or whatever. Yeah. It just seems so much more precise. somehow. It is for sure. Yeah. So another listener question we have, what is the best wine to pair with Turkey? Um, I would say a Pinot Noir. 
Mm. I loved Pinot Noir. Mm -hmm. I'm happy with that answer. (laughs) And um, I mean, maybe do like a sparkling, like with cranberry and Prosecco, like at the beginning when you're just eating like brie and fruit and stuff like that, you know, like right before and then do Pinot Noir with dinner. Okay. That's really cute. Yeah. I like that. And then what is the best pre-bought gravy? Um, Tony Shasheries has a really good brown gravy. I like a giblet gravy. Like I want the heart and the kidney and the liver, whatever, all that, like that nasty little package that comes. <laughs> I want all that in my gravy. And my biggest tip is if, even if you do a pre-bought gravy, like a mix, you know, um, Tony Shasheries is my favorite, but add the drippings to the mix. Oh yeah. And stir oh, that's it a in. Great tip. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what all you add to like yeah, all, all I do all the drippings. Um, because that's what I add to my giblet gravy. Uh, and that is like what gives it chef's kiss amount of fat, just a great balance of flavors. Beautiful. Oh my god. I'm so excited to follow that tip. We're all like <laughs> salivating, like, give me turkey now. Yeah, we need it now. I have kind of a random question. Since you're up on a mountain, does that change any of the proportions in your recipes? Um, I haven't noticed anything, but I think at certain elevations, like I think in Denver, and that's probably too, because I'm not a baker. So I think asking, but we do have a wonderful bakery on the mountain. It's called the bread basket and people will like come from all over to try it. And so, um, you know, maybe that's what makes it great. I'm not sure. But for, for cooking, I haven't noticed. Interesting. Cause I remember Casey in foods class, Mrs. Appel was like, anytime you go to a different elevation, you have to change all of your recipes. Like, I guess she was just trying to scare us in high school. And I was like, Oh my God. And I think about it all the time now. I still think of every time I put a pan in the oven, I think shape of oven, shape of pan, because that's what she used to say. Yeah. It's helpful though. That is helpful. I'm going to think about that all the time. Well, Jacqueline, thank you so much for doing this with us. It was so helpful. I seriously learned so much and I can't thank you enough. Yeah, no problem. I'm so glad that y'all contacted me and I've been having fun listening to your podcast. So keep it up getting in the Christmas spirit. Thank you so much. Wow, that was so inspirational. It just made me want to be an even better millennial homemaker than I already am, which wouldn't be hard because I'm not that good. But (laughs) I did make a good project this past week. Do you want to hear about it? Yeah, what was your project? So I made baked camembert with garlic puff pastry twists. Are you serious? That sounds so good. How was it? It was really good. It was really good. So I'm going to put a video up online of it because I shot a time lapse of me making it. It was super easy. All I did was I had to make a circular puff pastry and then I put all this garlic and butter on top of it and some spices like fresh spices. Then I put another circle of puff pastry on top of that. I cut it up like a pizza and I twisted each slice and then I baked the camembert and I baked that and I had a bunch of leftover little puff pastry shards and I wrapped those around Nutella and garlic and I even took a couple garlic cloves and stuffed them into the camembert so that if you were dipping the puff pastry into the camembert you would get a mystery garlic clove once in a while oh my god 
It was banging. Wow. Did you, what did you eat this with? Like, was there any kind of an occasion or you're just. It was Nick's birthday. And okay. we bought all of this stuff from this meal delivery service because obviously London is back in lockdown. So you can't go out to dinner. So we ordered a bunch of fancy French food from this service and the camembert was so filling that we didn't even eat the entrees. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just ate the camembert and we had some like duck breast and some truffle salami and we were so full that we were just like, I can't do it. We didn't even eat the entrees. And I ate so much cheese that I got a pimple on the inside of my <laughs> eye. <laughs> I think that's a good um, a good lesson for all of us going into Thanksgiving because I have a fabulous brie cheese planned for to eat during the Macy's Day Parade, and yeah, I need to not overdo it. Yeah, that's the thing. We've done this twice now, where we baked either brie or camembert and dipped stuff into it, and then we were too full to eat anything else. So that's what we all need to learn: is that's a meal. Yeah, rookie rookie moves. <laughs> What was your project this week? Okay, I have two projects this week, pretty much. One of them, I put up my tree last night. I don't have a great theme like our past guest Jess does, but we definitely just try and get ornaments that we're going to love for a while. So we try and get an ornament everywhere we travel. Um, And so we still need a lot of ornaments. And obviously, this was not the year to amass um, traveling souvenirs, but it looks pretty good. And then we also had to tape the wires of the tree to the floor and wall so that the cats would not chew through the wires and have a fried pussycat situation like in Christmas Vacation. (laughs) Did you like that? Did it sound like how it sounds in the movie? Yeah, it sounded exactly like it. So yeah, we we had to tape those down and the cats have been like trying to eat the tree ever since. And then my second project was to become a Radio City Rocket. Oh, how's that going? <laughs> it's good. So did you grow? Rock- did you grow four inches? Or <laughs> no, uh, I'm never gonna be one. That's what's sad. But I'm also would never ever be one anyway. But the Rockettes have been posting like through lockdown. They've been posting videos of um, them teaching the choreography to some of their dances from the Radio City Christmas Spectacular. Oh. Which is one of our favorite things to do around Christmas. Molly, my mom, and I will go into this up into New York because we are just a train ride away. Our hometown is. Well, and I lived there for five years too. Oh, you yeah. Guys would just come up to me. It was so great. It was. Oh the yeah, best. you were living there. I forgot that. And we would go see the Rockettes. And I tried to convince Molly that the camel on stage was a robot. <laughs> oh my god, I was literally about to say that because I think about this all the time. Every time the Rockettes come up. In my head, I'm like, I can't believe that bitch thought that the the camel was a robot. Because there's this part where they're in the shed, as Carlos would say, where Jesus was born. And they bring out... They bring out all of the animals that would have been there. And we were drunk also by the time this happened. Yes, thank you. It's crucial that you know that. Otherwise, I'm not that confused. Yeah, so... And we were in the nosebleeds and we were, like, hammered. And I leaned over and I was like, I can't believe they have a real camel in New York City. And Casey was like, it's not real, it's a robot. And I was like, what? And I was sitting there trying to think. And I was like, wouldn't it be harder to have a robot camel than a real camel? Yes, but see, I'm not someone who knows much about robotics. So at the time... 
There's no way that thing's real. It's got to be a robot. And this was real. Because <laughs> all you're thinking when they bring out these animals, you're like, what if they poop on stage? They're going to poop. Yeah. It's gorgeous, though. The nativity scene that they create is stunning once you get past the question of whether they're real animals or robots. Really nice shed. Really nice shed <laughs> they put up there. Beautiful. Gorgeous shed. Gorgeous shed. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen the Christmas rats, but they might, if they have real rats, they might just be too small to see from the nose, please. Did we get an update from Carlos yet about the Christmas rats? Did his dad ever answer his text? I haven't. I haven't gotten an update. I'll check in. You did these exercise classes with the Rockettes, right? Did I've you taken- like it? Yeah, I've taken three classes. They're really hard. Like you can tell that these women are professional dancers and aren't entirely aware of how difficult it is for a normal person to just learn a dance. But, um, you know, you can pause it and you can replay it and stuff. So I kind of get the gist of it and I'm going to replay them. And hopefully by the end of the season, I might be able to like do a good enough job to make a little video because I miss the Rockettes so much. I I wish we could go this year. I hope they put, I think they had the whole show on Amazon Prime in the past, but I don't think it's up yet. So we'll all see them at the Macy's Day Parade on Thanksgiving this week. Oh, Oh, God. Yeah, which apparently, I don't think they're doing the floats. I think it's just going to be little numbers. They have to do the floats. Because the floats, you can do it socially distanced because you can stand really far apart from each other to carry the float. uh, Yeah, but I think they don't want like crowds to amass kind of thing. Yeah, but it's New York. No one gives a shit. Nobody who amasses at the parade is from New York. That's a good point. I mean, besides me, I would have (laughs) amassed... my ass off but the thing is i was always in philly on thanksgiving so i never was able to go that is my like bucket list goal is to go and watch the parade on thanksgiving from like a bougie apartment on fifth avenue yes true but also i've heard the real move is to go on thanksgiving eve to central park and you can see them blowing up all of the balloons yeah i've heard that too but i've never done it i've been stuck going on pathetic bar crawls in new jersey on thanksgiving eve What are you most excited about cooking? You alluded into in our interview with Jacqueline to the fact that you are roasting a chicken. Yeah, we're going to roast a chicken. Just because gonna, we were just roasting a chicken. Just going to roast a chicken. Just roasting a chicken. And so <laughs> we're going to roast a chicken. Um, I got some gluten-free stuffing from Trader Joe's. We need to make, I need to text our Aunt Eleanor for her mushroom casserole recipe. That is the one thing that I'm, that I'm, that's my favorite dish of Thanksgiving. So I need to text her and hopefully try and recreate it the way she does. Cause she does such a good job on that. Um, and I'll make a pumpkin pie and I don't know, just a couple other sides here and there. What are you looking forward to the most about your Thanksgiving feast? I'm really looking forward to the turkey that I purchased and will be warming up because it looks banging. I'm not going to take any credit for it myself, but it's got all sorts of meat in it. And I just think it's going to be so freaking good. I'm excited about the pumpkin pie. I was thinking about doing a pecan pumpkin pie with like a regular pumpkin pie with a pecan layer on top because I just love a pecan pie. And one of the reasons why I love it is like when I used to work at Latitude 40, they had the best pecan pie. And so wouldn't you just want a pecan pie by itself? Exactly. So that's why I decided not to do it. I decided, you know what, I'm going to skip that. I'm just going to make a classic pumpkin pie. I'm going to do the Libby's recipe on the back of the can. 
and I'm going to save the pecan pie for Christmas maybe or something. So yeah, I'm making the pumpkin pie from scratch. I'm excited about some of these root vegetables that I'm going to be making with a really good like maple sage butter. And I'm also, I need to find cornbread mix. That is my biggest thing right now. I need some cornbread and I cannot find it in the UK. I am getting so mixed up and messed up with British stuff. Like, like I said, British festive food is in my opinion, superior to American festive food, but just the different nomenclature is really ruining my life. That was part of why I was so stressed out this morning because I was trying to find a pie tin. Like when I say pie tin, you know what that means, right? Yeah. It doesn't exist here. It's not called a pie tin. It's called either a tart dish or a cake tin. So you have to find a cake tin that's shaped like a pie and not all the way... And then I was trying to figure out how big it needed to be. So I had to convert inches to centimeters. And then I had to figure out where to find the pumpkin. I found it. Usually the BBC has really good recipes, but their recipe for pumpkin pie, the photo of it, it's yellow. Oh no. So I'm like, okay, I have to do an American recipe. I have to do like combination metric and imperial standard measures. This is the issue. This is why my pumpkin pie turned into a burnt cookie last year. You don't need to put any flour in the pumpkin filling. I know. And I know that because I've made good pumpkin pies before. I just was so stressed last year that I was like, and you have to do all these like conversions. So I was looking at the recipe for the crust and I ended up putting that amount of flour. (gasps) Like Rachel on friends when she does tries to do the sherry trifle, like my dessert trifle that I make at Christmas time, but she the pages got stuck together. And so she made half a sherry trifle and half a shepherd's pie. Oh my God. That's what happened to you. Yeah. That's basically what happened. Yeah. But it didn't turn out as disgusting. Thank God. Well, it was pretty bad. I still ate it though. I, <laughs> I actually did. I sliced across the top of the, I cut off the like black dome that was on top and it was like in Sex and the City when Miranda gets that cookie that says I love you from Dr. The Hot Doctor. Remember that? And she just eats it over the garbage can while freaking out. That was me with my like pumpkin cake. I always knew that Jeff had a lot of holiday spirit because he used to play music at Porta every Saturday leading up to Christmas. And his brewery is a shining Christmas beacon. It's always such a good time at the holidays. It's So cozy and fun and just full of good vibes. But what I didn't know was that he's an expert in exterior illumination. He really knows his stuff. Like I, he took us to school. He really did. We learned so much. I did not know anything about it before this. And I didn't know you had to dig a trough to put the extension cord in. His sister is a Christmas light medium. There is so much going on with the Plate family Christmas, and I'm so excited to get into it. And Jeff is also a very talented musician who came out with a new Christmas album that's on his SoundCloud that is just going to make all of our holidays a little bit cheerier this year. And more chill. It's super chill. It's nice, unobtrusive, chill, fun, surfy Christmas jams. We're here with Jeff Plate. 
Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. We feel so blessed to have you. It was an honor to be invited. I'm really excited to be here. Amazing. So what's a holiday highball you just said you're drinking? So holiday highball, family tradition, starts the week of Thanksgiving, goes all the way to New Year's. It's really simple. It's just Canadian whiskey and ginger ale. But in the holidays, the, the uh, <laughs> ratio changes. There's, and there's you no just... You just are drunk off of that from the week of Thanksgiving until New Year's. Well, no, I mean, we drink other stuff too, but that's sort of like the go-to. So usually what happens is everyone shows up and then we put a lot of effort into making like old fashions and maybe like a Manhattan, uh, some kind of Christmassy, you know, pepperminty, whatever. And then once people start to get a buzz on, no one really feels like doing any like muddling of fruit or anything like that. So it's basically just ginger ale and whiskey in the glass. And here, it's a holiday highball. But this that's goes amazing. back to my grandparents. They uh, were the pioneers. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, and it uh, you know gets me from A to B. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of whiskey is it? Did you say? So uh, Canadian Club is is like the whiskey of choice for my family, just because it's like twenty eight dollars for a handle of it, and um, any kind of Canadian whiskey is good. We. My grandparents liked VO. This is all stuff that if you went to like a cool bar, they would not. If you're like, yeah, give me a VO and ginger. They'd be like, dude, there, there's, there was one guy that used to drink that and he died. So we don't carry it anymore. That's basically how it goes with that stuff. But yeah, I mean, you can use Jameson too if you feel like it, whatever. It's just, the point is whiskey, whiskey and ginger ale is a holiday highball. So we wanted to talk to you about your first time homeowner and you lit up your house. You lit the exterior of your house this year. Yes. And thank you for noticing. <laughs> Was that your first time ever doing that? Yeah. So I've, I always feel like lighting is super important. Like, you know, even in like rentals that I had apartments and stuff like that, I would always tinker and like go out and buy dimmer switches and stuff. It's just, it, it really does. It's you, you can spend like $20 on a dimmer switch and then make your apartment look like you've spent like $400 in lighting design is how I feel. It's like you get like once you get like the mood set, it doesn't really matter how well decorated your place is. If the lighting is right, it still looks, you know, like fun or cool or elegant, sexy, whatever. But anyway, so with the outside of the house, you know, we got this house. It's 120 years old. I think that we're like easily the oldest house in our neighborhood, like by far. So it's like a really cool kind of like colonial farmhouse style house. Um, but when we moved in, the block was so dark, like the corner lot where the house is was so dark all the time. It was like, all right, well, let's, you know, I need to replace the lights on the porch. Let's do that. And I did that. And I was like, that looks pretty good. And I was like, you know, really good if we put like a light over here and then did that. And he's like, oh yeah, it does look good. You know, it look even better. So the next thing I know, I've got like seven landscape spotlights on like timers and dimmers. And then for Christmas, I got like colored gels. So we've got like the red and green going and everything. And, you know, one thing was, so we did have COVID. Uh, my wife and I were quarantined for like almost three weeks. Um, and in that time, you know, we're both working from home and I'm just sort of like, you know, the Quentin Tarantino meme where it's just him standing in his house, like looking at stuff. Yes. Like that was me all day. Just like, as soon as like 2.30, 3 o'clock came around, I'm just like, hmm, yeah, I could put a light there, I bet. And uh, <laughs> so it was just like constantly tinkering. Um, but it does, it, it really looks beautiful. And, you know, same thing. We spent like not a lot of money at all but it, our house looks like it's worth like $100,000 more than it was before we started doing it. It's just like 
really nice uplights on the trees. We've got some great old trees in the lawn, et cetera. And then, um, you know, with the Christmas lights, we, we went pretty early with the, with the Christmas decorations, but, um, you know, we didn't have anything else to do, so. How, um, how early is early? Like, they've, they've been out there for like two weeks now. So basically it was like, for like, like first week in November, I was out there putting string lights up and like, you know, we do it like modularly. So I didn't freak out and do everything the first day and like, you know, creep our neighbors out. It was sort of like, oh, look, they put a little string light up. And then the next morning they come out, it's like, oh, they put a lot more string lights up. And then, uh, <laughs> so yeah, now, now we've got like the whole, the whole parcel of land uh, sort of like covered in lights and stuff like that. We, we're not big into like, you know, we don't have like animatronic Santas and like, you know, blow up snowmen and stuff like that. It's all, you know, very tasteful. Well, so my wife and I differ in that aspect. She likes the big like colored lights and all of that stuff. And I'm more like, no, look at Martha Stewart's house. Like, oh, it's like really like tasteful, clear lights and, you know, um, but I'm the one doing the work, so. <laughs> <laughs> So you're so kind of you're kind of pulling Jesse back into this minimalist Scandi chic look. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that, and we'll see what happens. We have our first kid coming on uh, in January. We'll see what happens when the kids are here because, I mean, if the kids want colored lights and animatronic snowmen, well then, goddamn it, they'll have them. Um, <laughs> but I, I was raised in a clear bulb house. And um, that's that's sort of how I decorate and have wanted to decorate. She did talk me into putting the candles in the in the windows. So we got like some LED like flickering candles and stuff like that. I'd never done that before, but I'm glad we Classy. did because I think they look great. Classy touch. Well, that I will is, say yeah. that when we put them up, I was like, ooh, I gotta wash these windows. <laughs> <laughs> the candles really like illuminated all the gunk on the windows. It's like, oh shit, I gotta go buy a squeegee. But. Um, oh. You have gone so all out on your first house. I feel like if I was going to put money on it, I would say you will absolutely have an animatronic Santa on your front porch within the next three years. Yeah, it's definitely going to get weird. Um, yeah, there's only, you could, if you're going to keep building and building, you can only go so far with the classy stuff until you have to get colorful and, you know, a little bit tactile. Well, check it out. What about an animatronic Martha Stewart? <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like go, go tacky, but keep it classy. We'll see. I'll, I'll definitely keep you guys posted. As of right now, I think that the outside of the house is done. Maybe a couple more. We could, we could do a couple more. Reasons. I, I have a question. Did you have any Clark Griswold moments when you were decorating the outside of your house? Yeah. I mean, so we have a giant dog and uh, against Jesse's wishes, I went out on the roof because so same thing. It's like, oh, my house looks great right now. I'm like, but up there is so bare. And it's like, well, you know, it's, it's pretty high up. I'm like, no, I could get out there. If I went out the upstairs bedroom window, I could get on there pretty safely and start doing stuff. And she was like, please don't. She's like, one, you've been drinking since nine this morning. <laughs> Two, you have COVID. So your inner ear is already a little, little wonky. You're wearing vans that you've had for like 11 years. There's really no traction on them. She's like, maybe just, you know, let's skip that one. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'll skip it. Psych. And then I just like crawled out the bathroom window and was out on the roof. And uh, so she's working from home and, and uh, she's in her office with our giant dog. And the dog goes batshit when she sees me through the window out on the roof. And like, 
she's capable of launching herself through like a, a plate glass window if she feels really like freaked out and threatened. And like, it was touch and go for a minute where I thought maybe she would. And we had to like, we had to open the windows so she could like hear my voice and recognize who it was because it was, I thought that she was gonna come through and just tackle me and we were both going off of the roof onto the lawn. So, I mean that, you know, that's probably as close to, to a Griswold moment as I had. Um, no, but also everything doesn't work. So like <laughs> for the most part, like, so I ran all the landscape lighting for like the up lights on the trees and stuff. And they do, they look beautiful. But I like, I did all of this work. I had to like bury it, you know what I mean? You've got to like act physically, take the shovel and bury the landscape wire and stuff like that. And um, so I did you, all that. You have, to, you have to dig a hole and bury it? So not a hole really, it's like like a really thin trench just to bury like the low voltage wire that connects to all the trees. So like, you know, if, if I was gonna say if I mow the lawn, but in reality, if the guy I hired to mow the lawn comes, <laughs> he's not gonna like snap the wire or anything like that. So yeah, you've got, you have to like bury it. And I did, I did all that stuff and I mounted like the transformer that you've got to hook up to it and plugged it in. And then the outlet that I plugged it into was not working. And apparently hadn't worked since we moved into the house. I just like neglected to test it or whatever. So literally spent like two days doing all this stuff. And then was like, oh shit. So now I had like, <laughs> so I had like a big ugly extension cord going to a different outlet. So I called like a couple different electricians and was like, I need someone to come by and find out why this outlet isn't getting power. I changed the receptacle. It's still not working. So, um, do you care if this story gets like two minutes longer? Because this is actually really good. Like, no, go for it. So my sister called me and she was like, you're not going to believe what happened. She's like, you know the landscape lights you put in at our house? Because I got completely obsessed where I was like, hey, do you need lights at your house? I'll come over and do it. Like I helped her husband like put landscape lights in at their house too. So we did it. She's like, all of a sudden one night, all of the lights outside went off and then all of the shit in our garage turned off too. She's like, so we were so bummed out. We're like, oh, we have to call an electrician. She's like, that night I had a dream that I went into the garage and there was one of those like GFI outlets that has like a reset button, you know, like the one in the laundry room or whatever. She's like, and in my dream, I took a screwdriver and I pushed it and everything turned back on. She's like, so when I woke up, I remembered the dream. I was like, hold on. So she goes into the garage and she sees one of those GFI outlets, like exactly where it was in her dream. So she took a screwdriver, popped the reset button, and everything turned back on. She's what? like, it's a crazy thing. She's like, I'm thinking about becoming like a subconscious electrician or something. We're like, <laughs> I'll come to your house and then have like an ambient and a glass of wine and figure out what your like <laughs> electronic issues are. So basically what happened over here, I was like calling these electricians and I was like, let me just like look around. And sure enough, on the same circuit in the downstairs bathroom, there's a GFI receptacle that had popped. So I had to push the button back in. All of a sudden the lights turn on outside and I was like, oh my God, it worked. I was like, Jesse, baby, come down here, it worked. <laughs> it was, uh, that's definitely a Griswold mode. That's, that's pretty much like spot on Griswold. So, 100%, so yeah. I'm, I'm like half concerned that you're actually living in the sequel to the movie right now. Yeah, it's getting pretty close. We just, we won't have any guests this year. So it'll just be like, us living our, our Griswold hell together. Let's talk about the brewery. You mentioned okay. it's closed right now, but do you have any Christmas beers that you would like to recommend? I'll start with our own. You know, so winter is always like stout season for me. I love stouts. Um, you know, Guinness is obviously the 
global standard for stouts. Asbury Park Brewery is a close second. Um, but no, we do. We have like a really good dry Irish stout and uh, it's thinner in body. It's not like nitro like Guinness's, so it's more carbonated. It kind of tastes a little bit more like a beer, um, but really good flavors, uh, roasted malt. So you get some notes of like chocolate and coffee in it. That's absolutely um, my favorite. Um, we also do a Christmas beer every year. I got to check with our head brewer to see what the schedule is like right now, because I know that's not in the tank, but we do a beer. It's like a black lager, um, a little bit of smoked malt, and then uh, we add some fresh orange peel and some cloves into it. And that's sort of like our, our Christmas beer. Um, so that comes out really good every year. Our Christmas beer has orange peel and cloves in it. That's terrific. Um, and then the uh, other ones that I like, I love the, the Harpoon does like a Christmas ale. They're from New Hampshire. Um, they're an old brewery. Um, I think that that's definitely something that reminds me of Christmas time. And, um, you know, a couple other places like Pete's does a, a winter that's pretty good. I guess I'll mention Sam's winter. You guys run a very festive operation over at the brewery, I must say. Yeah, well, you know, it's very like family run kind of, you know, so it's like me and my sister in the office all the time. But everyone that works there, you know, like, I know everyone says this, but it does, you do get a feeling that like everyone is really close and, you know, the, the people that work there are close with each other. And I've actually tried to not like be, try to be part of their friend circle as much, <laughs> like just kind of let the kids do their thing and like recognizing that I'm older than them and that they have their thing. But yeah, like the brew babes go out and have a blast and, and terrorize Asbury Park and that's that's all good stuff, but it is. It's it's a very cool, um, you know, family vibe. Everyone's really close friends, and that reflects in you know what we do in the holidays. It's, you know, we always have like a huge holiday party for um, for the employees and their significant others. Blah blah. blah. So yeah, it's a. Uh, I love it over there. It's very nice. So you're definitely bringing the Clark Griswold energy to your role at the brewery as well. I, I take that as a huge compliment. Thank you very much. But Molly, didn't you have your 30th at the brewery? Yes. Well, I think what happened is you had a New Year's <laughs> Eve party and I crashed it <laughs> with my 30th. And it was so fun. It so was fun. Whatever you, however you want to describe it. It was, it was a blast though. I mean, we were, ha we had like a pretty mellow New Year's party and then you rolled up with the whole crew and it turned into like a full on rager. It was great. It was so fun. It was the freaking best. Couldn't have wished yeah. for a better birthday yeah no that was great and we were happy to have you so yeah a couple good beers coming out from asbury park brewery this christmas and uh that's pretty much it enjoy let's do a little christmas rapid fire round yes let's you might have already answered this one already but what's your favorite christmas drink uh well holly highball i'd have to say it just reminds me of being a kid <laughs> being a kid <laughs> drinking whiskey <laughs> No, it does. Either that or, or a veal old-fashioned, because my grandparents drank exclusively old-fashioned. So from the time I was like, I could hold a muddler, I was muddling fruit. Um, so probably started making cocktails for my grandparents when I was like six or seven years old, muddling fruit and making old-fashioned. So I would say I, my official answer would be an old-fashioned. You're really bringing the class to this episode of Christmas News, I gotta say. The old-fashioned as a standard drink, the candles in the windows, it's just, like, amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is your holiday hangover cure? So, at my mom's house, I, so I'll always think of going to my mom's for Christmas, and that's, that's baseline where all these answers will come from. So, either cold 
turkey like out of the fridge like just standing up and eating off of like a dish out of the fridge and uh entomans frosted chocolate donuts <laughs> i like that box of entomans that my mom always has uh and then something that i don't really believe in but just to share a little um I, my last name is plate but we're really the donnelly family like everyone like i we're all donnelly's i party with the donnelly's so the donnelly hangover remedy for some reason is yoohoo ever since i was a kid like you would know we were about to get fucked up because my uncle would show up with a case of yoohoo also so it was like booze cases of beer and then a case of yoohoo randomly would just be like left outside and then the next morning it would be like here's a yoohoo get up and get ready to party again it's like god damn you people are savages yeah that's it i might have to steal that one yeah that sounds like it would really work (laughs) it does What's your favorite Christmas song? Hmm. We Three Kings. I really like that one. Um, what else do I like? Oh, Holy Night. I like a lot. Um, and then I, uh, <laughs> and then uh, the Christmas song, Nat King Cole, the Christmas song. Oh, the chestnuts roasting on an open fire? Yeah. So my grandmother, rest in peace, was a very vulgar woman. And um, she used to have these like amazing dirty jokes all the time, constantly. And, you know, from, I think she waited until I was like 16 to really go for it. But every Christmas, Jeff's nuts roasting on an open fire. I was like, nanny, shut up. She was amazing. She she also, one of her lines was, um, after one martini, I can feel it. After two, anyone can. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yo she was great that's what i was making the old fashions for when i was a little sis donnelly what a legend i have one more sis one-liner before we move on from sis donnelly because she's amazing so this was towards the end she was like really old she was 88 i think but we would take her out she lived in florida we'd go to this like cheesy seafood place called pinchers and uh she loved it there so we walk in it's me my uncle eddie my mom and there's a sign that says lobster tail and beer, $12. And she looks at it and she goes, look at it, your three favorite things. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she's great. That's awesome. Under normal circumstances and maybe under COVID as well, like what's your favorite thing about Asbury Park at Christmas time? Oh, good hmm. one. Yeah, that is a good one. One, I like that it is less crowded than it is, say, you know, 4th of July. So it's really nice to sort of have like your bars and restaurants back and, you know, you can park and go where you want to go. But I actually, you know, I'm not huge into big crowds and like stuffing into places for like weird events. But for some reason, I have always really enjoyed the Christmas tree lighting in Convention Hall. one, not to brag, but, you know, I know a couple of people, so I'm usually able to get, like, upstairs on the balcony, so I'm not, like, in the trenches with all of the, um, you know, huddled masses or whatever, so it's, like, a little more comfortable up there for me, but um, it is. There's, like, a, um, you know, New Jersey and Asbury Park sometimes feels really cynical um, most of the year, but there is, um, you know, like, a palpable spirit during that event where they like the Christmas tree and everyone stops like kind of being cool for a half hour and it's really like Santa you know what I mean like 
So yeah, I mean, I do, I do like that about uh, Asbury Park at Christmas time. I love a good like freezing cold Asbury bar night when you're just going to all yeah. the bars and it's like ass cold out. I love that. I really do. Yeah, a good snow day. Any anytime oh. you've got a good snow day, you just yeah. post up the uh, post up at the annex and watch the snow accumulate. Holly highballs today. Yeah, for some reason, I feel like I'm going to miss doing, like, Christmas pub crawls this year more than anything else. I don't know why, because I didn't even realize I liked them that much. But that's the thing that I find myself really, like, mourning. Do you know what I mean? You know, I don't know if it's it's the pub crawl so much as it is just sort of, like, the human relationship, just being around people. And like I said, it's, you know, there's something about Christmas where you know, people are less cynical. They're not trying to be cool. They're not trying to be seen as much. It's just sort of like, hey, you know, even people that maybe you don't necessarily get along with, you see them and it's like, hey, good to see you. Like, how's everything going? Like, all right, have a great night. And, um, you know, it's it's cool that, you know, just the season can kind of do that to, to people's attitudes. I'm going to post a link to the Christmas music that I recorded. It's yes. instrumental, kind of like surfy guitar Christmas music. I basically was like, all of the Christmas music that I had either was like really, really downbeat and like kind of dreary, or it's so over the top that it like pokes out. And I was like, I kind of just want something that's on in the background so I can like have a conversation or when you're cooking. And it's like, you know, you hear that it's Christmas songs, but it's not jumping out. Like, God bless Mariah Carey. But when she's singing, you need to listen to her. Yeah. You know, like I wanted something that was just sort of like put it on the background and, and let the holidays cruise. So I recorded a bunch of like standard uh, Christmas songs, instrumental kind of surf guitar, jazzy or whatever. And um, I'll share a link with you guys. Yeah. I it's listened great. to some of it. It's amazing. It's so good. And you played every instrument, I'm sure. Right. Wild. I did. And how yeah. long does it take you to do something like that? Once I did like the first couple songs, it's the same arrangement for all of them. So essentially it was like, I already had like the session set up, all the instruments were out. And then it was like, all right, what's another Christmas song that, you know, I like, or maybe even that I don't like, but I know that other people like or whatever. So I did some of like the like really religious ones. I did some of like, like Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph and stuff like that. And, um, it was, it was like, the whole idea was, let's make something that I can give to my friends and family and be like, here, like, you know, just put this on. It's, it's sort of like, you know, I got sleigh bells in it. So it just feels kind of like holiday Christmassy, aside from the part that they're actually Christmas songs. Um, but again, it was like something that you can put on in the background. Like I'm not expecting people to like review this Christmas record I did. It's like, it really is meant to just be like, you know, some nice, kind of joyful Christmas music to put on while you're having a conversation with your friends and family or while you're cooking or decorating the tree, whatever. Well, it's That's really, it. it's really good. I, essentially my thing was like fill the atmosphere with something that feels very Christmassy and warm, but don't poke out, like don't make mm. it, <laughs> but don't make it like a thing where, where people are like, Oh, what, what's this? It's like it, you know, I'm happy if it's just sort of filling the background and making people feel more Christmassy than they did before. Thank you so much, Jeff, for sharing your considerable amount of Christmas cheer with us. I love knowing that you're out there spreading Christmas joy with your lights and music and everything. No doubt. And I'm keep doing it. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to see you guys. It was great to see you too. Thanks, Jeff. Say hello to your mother for me.
Wow. I cannot wait until I can get a freaking house and decorate the outside of it while playing Jeff's Christmas music. I know. I'm so excited for the same thing. We're still renting down here in Nashville, but I'll tell you what, what also, along with everything Jeff was saying, made me really excited to one day have my own house to decorate this year. Um, I tuned into Netflix's holiday home makeover with Mr. Christmas series. Who's Mr. Christmas? Well, you'd have to tune in to find out, but he's, he's actually up in New Jersey. Um, he's probably based out of New York, but, um, it's all about decorating for Christmas. So he comes into people's homes and does it just absolutely extravagantly over the top with these themes. And he does all these little arts and crafts along the way that you could totally redo at home. So between watching that and now listening to Jeff and all of his exterior lighting expertise and his plans for decorating, I am about to just go out and put down a down payment, baby. Yeah, this time of year really makes me even angrier than usual at the boomers for destroying the economy (laughs) and allowing us to take out so many student loans that we could never afford a house because I want to put an animatronic Santa in my yard. You do? Yes. And I don't have a yard. I only have a little patio and like, thank God I have that. Oh, speaking of Netflix too, I also watched this week, The Princess Switch switched again. I don't want, uh, yes. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I have to be positive. I have to be Buddy the Elf, be Buddy the Elf, be Buddy the Elf. Oh my God. Amazing. How was it? How was Vanessa Hudgens? (laughs) You don't have to watch these things, Molly. Um, I know, I know. I just need to not be like Grinch. Yeah. So if you liked the first Princess Switch, you'll love this one. It delivers the same ridiculous. um, So basically the first one was like The Parent Trap, but with a fully grown woman. And of course, it's a Netflix Christmas show. So it takes place in some made up European countries, royal family and the whole thing. So in the first one, there was two roles that Vanessa Hudgens plays. Spoiler alert, there's three, a third look like in this one. How do they <laughs> get you to think that would happen? What's the premise? Who's the third Vanessa Hudgens? The third Vanessa Hudgens is one of the first Vanessa Hudgens' cousins. And they're identical. Yes. Oh, obviously, of course. And the first ones are supposed to be strangers that are identical, but she's also like, I did have some family that moved to Chicago at many generations ago so they might be related we don't know (laughs) oh right okay and the last thing i'll say about that is that vanessa hudgens is a sagittarius i know i almost put her in the meme (laughs) about iconic sagittarians and then i was just like no i like her but she's not up to snuff to put her in the same instagram frame as like keith richards at and Nicki no, Minaj is not appropriate. Not quite, not quite. We'll we'll let her keep trying for uh for that level of superstardom. But she did do a really good job in Rent Live last year. Yeah, she is really talented. She is. Yeah, especially in a musical and like a cheesy role. Yeah, so, Switched Again was great. If good. you were into the first Switched, don't compare it to, you know, Hollywood blockbusters. Yeah, it is yeah, what it yeah. is. <laughs> I had a nice little Christmas triple feature on Nick's birthday. I could not believe that I persuaded him to do this, but we watched all in a row Elf, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and The Family Stone. 
Wow. Yeah. I kind of blew my load all at once. I was thinking. <laughs> exactly. The only thing that's left is love, actually. Wait. Okay. I mean, those are the main, yeah, those are the, those are my main ones. I also already watched The Holiday. Yikes, girl. You might have to dip into the Netflix um, supply yeah. soon. Yeah. The eggnog whiskey's getting me, getting to me now. <laughs> good, 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 good. I'm glad. But yeah, it was so good. It was just, Elf and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation are truly two of the funniest movies ever made especially yeah. national lampoon's christmas vacation like there's just so many amazing moments in that movie where you're just like when are we gonna top this i don't think we are i don't think we will ever i don't think we can so taste who's your holiday cheermeister of the week this week my holiday cheermeister is dolly parton ah why and there's she's just having a moment right now so she donated $1 million to Moderna's vaccine trial for COVID, which is incredible. And um, also, why is every celebrity and rich person not doing that? Seriously. What else do you need your money for if not to freaking save humanity? Yeah, and, and like saving humanity will benefit you too. Like, do you want to go back on tour? Do you want to go to the restaurant down the street? Do you want to sell laxative tea on Instagram? Well, you need someone to buy it. And if we all die, then we're gone. Exactly. So Dolly is my holiday cheermeister. Because, okay, obviously that having hope is going to help our holiday season a lot. But also she has a new album out that has collabs with Miley Cyrus, Jimmy Fallon, um, Michael Buble. How did he get on there? I don't know. It's very random, but they seem to have a good rapport. That's good. Um, Michael Buble and Willie Nelson all have collabs on this. um, A Holly Dolly Christmas, it's called. And it's really good. And then also she has Christmas on the Square, which premieres today, Sunday, when we're recording this um, on Netflix. So I'm really excited to watch that because I just love, like I said earlier, I just love a celebrity um, Christmas special. Like they're just- the pinnacle of cheesiness and they don't try to make it not cheesy. They're just, they lean into it. And I love that. Do you know what I love to rewatch, even though it's admittedly not even that good, a very Murray Christmas with Bill Murray, the Sophia Coppola one. Yeah. That's one of my favorites too. I love it. It's, it's, I just love it. Yeah. What is it about that? He's just so perfectly melancholy and I don't know what it is about. It's so good. Yeah. It's just like slow and you feel like you're there hanging out with him it's very much got like a showbiz downtime vibe. Yes. Yeah, I love that. That would be worth a, a rewatch for sure after yeah. Dolly's and Mariah's next week. Oh my God. Oh my God. So, so cheers to Dolly. Yeah. Um, who is your holiday cheermeister for the week? My holiday cheermeister is our Aunt Peggy. Why so? That's great. Because she has made Thanksgiving dinner for everyone every year since we were born. I think maybe grandma used to help out. Maybe. But I also don't know if I would even put money on that. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) But yeah, Aunt Peg has been the MVP of our family for literal decades. And I'm so sad that I'm not going to see her this year and the whole rest of the family 
at Thanksgiving or Christmas. So I'm just going to be thinking about her and thinking about all the other aunts and the cousins and everybody else. Yeah, and we'll be trying to make our Thanksgiving even a quarter as good as it is when Aunt Peg makes it. I know. Well, I don't have the turkey of God butter. Oh my God, yeah. If I could find a turkey, my kingdom for a turkey-shaped butter in the UK, I would never find that. Wow, you're right. I bet I can find one in Nashville. You could find one in Nashville. It might be deep fried, but you'll find it. Even better. That might be my project for this week. I know. Are you going to try the deep fried turkey? Because if it's not breaded, that means it's gluten-free. That's true. Like if I were you, I'd be Um, looking into that. I'd be crunching the numbers. I'll crunch the numbers. Yeah, yeah. But we already bought a chicken. I know, but a chicken schmickin, you know? You can eat the chicken on Sunday. That's true. Let's talk one last thing before we sign off. What the hell are mommy and daddy going to do for Thanksgiving? I don't know. It is actually hilarious that they're on their own because I don't think they can handle that. They said they might just order food from somewhere and have it brought in. I think they definitely should order food from somewhere and have it brought in. I cooked last year because last year uh, mommy had fallen and and she was still kind of hurt. So we couldn't go to Pennsylvania. So I cooked... And, you know, between them and Daniel, the criticism I received during the cooking process, and I had to be watching all my plates all the time because our dad would just come by and just, just lower the heat. He would just come in and just, just change the heat settings. I had things on just to, why? Who can say? So I had to like make sure. And also the oven was broken at the time, which has been repaired, but it was broken. So I was trying to get this turkey to cook perfectly but I had to keep switching the oven higher and lower because it would go that then it would go too high, then it would go too low. It was actually a miracle that I got it done in time. That is miraculous. And it was insane. They're crazy. It is true. They 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 mess with your food while you're in the middle of cooking it. They tell you what you should be doing differently, even though they've never made that meal or dish in their lives. And my favorite thing that they do is <laughs> When she'll be like, you know, if you're a good guest, you do all the dishes for the cook. And then if anyone else cooks, she says, you know, the mark of a good cook is that they do their own dishes. That is so not the mark of a good cook. I know. (laughs) Good cooks do not do their own dishes. But she said, because I've made Christmas dinner a few times at mommy and daddy's house. And that's what she says every time. You know, the mark of a really good chef is that they do all their own dishes. And I'm like... Bitch, I just made you fucking Julia Child's boeuf bourguignon, and now I have to scrape it? No. They have to order out this Thanksgiving. Yeah. If you're hearing this, don't try and cook it yourself. Yeah, don't do it. Don't even try. You will get food poisoning before you get COVID if you try to cook it yourselves this Christmas or Thanksgiving. This is directed to our parents, just to clear it up, not everybody else. Yeah. And they're going to kill us for this. They're not going to (laughs) listen. No, they'll listen. Well, they might listen. They might listen. They might listen. Well, we we hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving. Good luck with all of your masterpieces. Please post what you've cooked and tag us in it if you'd like. And also, please get a little buzz and give us a tour of your Christmas tree. We all have these gorgeous Tannenbaums sitting at home. We can't really share them with each other. It's really sad. So, um, Take, get a little buzzed or don't, you know, do it sober too. Get on your Instagram story and just give us a tour. 
What, what are these tipsy things? tree tour. Casey coined this term tipsy tree tour. Hashtag tipsy tree tour and you can tag and you can tag at Christmas News Pod or just hashtag tipsy tree tour. And let's share our trees with each other in the only way we can this year, really. And let's get tannin bombed. I love how your the the hind quarters of your turkey have fallen, so it just looks like you're wearing a Viking helmet. <laughs> Thank you everyone for tuning in to Christmas news. We're one week closer to Christmas and the most exciting part is all the psychos who won't do Christmas until Thanksgiving is over have no excuse. So we expect a gigantic influx of new listeners to this podcast and we will welcome you with open tinsel covered arms. Hop on the crazy train, baby. We're going to tinsel town. <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.